Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. Hello, I'm Sylvia Colloca. I am an Italian-born food lover living in Sydney. I'm a cookbook author, a TV host, and my true love is, surprise, surprise, food. And what I love about food is that it has the power to make you travel in space and time. Every time I make my nonna's polenta dish, I am catapulted back into a tiny kitchen in Milan, back to my childhood, where she would be stirring a cauldron of piping hot polenta. And this is what I eat when. Mamma Mia's new food podcast, all about meals, memories and moments. Every week, I'll be joined by a guest who will take me through what they eat when, because every meal tells a story. And of course, by the end, we'll have a recipe to try at home. They choose four moods or contexts to tell me all about, from being homesick to celebrating to having very little time to cook. And this week, I'm joined by Australian actress Gia Caridis. She's best known for portrayals of Liz Holt in Strictly Ballroom, Cousin Nikki in My Big Fat Greek Wedding, and Melissa in Big Little Lies. Gia, welcome to What I Eat When. <laughs> Thank you. It's absolutely beautiful to be here with you. It is absolutely beautiful to see you, even if uh, remotely, because you are in LA at the moment. I have known you for 13 years, and I know that you have a love for food that is um, incredible, and it's probably part of your family heritage and your tradition. But do you want to tell me what you love about food? What I love most about food is getting together with people and eating it with them. I really, really love the connection. I love other people's love of food and I love to see them light up about what they love to eat, what they love to order or what they love to make and cook and enjoy. So it's the connection with people. I also, I absolutely love the physical taste of food and I'm very addicted to certain things. And What things are you addicted to? I, uh, look, I love texture like just what's popping into my head right now is a dessert like a creme brulee. I love the fact that I call it like you have to break and enter to get into it. <laughs> I love to crack that sugar crust on the top and then and then the soft creamy custard underneath is just so heavenly, those two contrasting textures. That's a really great um, analogy that could be... <laughs> it can almost be applied to people, you know, when you get to know someone and you have to crack the outer layer, the protective layer, and then you get to know them and there's always a soft, beautiful, sweet center. Oh, you're so gorgeous. You're going to make me cry. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just hardcore addicted to lemon. Lemon is oh. one of the flavors that, that I'm just 
I love so much. Is that the Greek in you? Yeah, it's my Greek background. And my British mother married a Greek man, my father, and she quickly learned how to make a lot of amazing Greek food. And she's a fantastic, she really is a fantastic cook. And she used to make the classic Avrolemonos soup, which is the Greek egg and lemon soup. Oh, I am addicted to that. I love it so much. I literally ate it today, Sylvia. Oh, okay. Oh my God, this is so exciting. I'm going to ask you about that later because I think I'm going to have to have that recipe from you. Now, I'm just going to jump ahead into a little antipasto. Our antipasto is a sequence of quick fire questions. <laughs> Are you ready for it? Yep. Okie dokie. So what's the first thing you ate today? The first thing I ate today was one little fried easy over egg with a half piece of sourdough toast and a handful of raspberries. What did you call the egg? Like easy what? In America, an easy over egg is a fried egg basically that you turn over and just cook the top so that it's oh. so that the albumin on the top is cooked. Now, I don't do that. I've got my own tricky little method. I crack the egg into a very small little circle pan, so it's a circle fried egg. And I yeah. use a teaspoon, like the tiniest olive oil, I crack my egg. Then I literally put a sprinkle of water and the lid on so it steams the top so that it's cooked over on the top but I don't have to turn it and risk breaking it because the saddest thing to me is a broken yolk. Yeah, a broken yolk can break your heart. I totally agree. I love that tip. And what is the first thing you've ever cooked? Oh, the first thing I ever cooked when I was a kid, honestly, was like really bad chicken noodle soup in a packet. Um, and, and then, and then my mother took, you know, helped me, talked me through making a date loaf cake also out of a packet. But it's an upgrade from cup noodles, isn't it? Uh, not very not much. Quite. <laughs> no, it was really a packet of noodles. So they were the first two things I ever like made from scratch that were like nothing. And then probably her egg and lemon soup was the first real recipe thing that my mum taught me to cook. And that's that's more much more complicated. And we may talk about it later, but it's a chicken broth and it involves rice, egg, lemon. All my favourite things. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to ask you this question, but I think I know the answer already. What is the last thing you cooked? You know what? I did not cook my lunch. I ate a lunch from a Greek restaurant. I went and got the Greek egg and lemon soup because I was craving it. So I got the egg and lemon soup from a Greek restaurant in LA called Delphi. Is it as good as your mom's? No, nowhere near as good as my <laughs> mother's at all. But it was just what I needed today. I was on my way to my ex-husband's house to visit with my daughter and we were having a beautiful swim in the garden in the pool and she had already eaten Mediterranean food, she said. Uh, so I texted her, okay, I'll bring my lunch and we'll sit by the pool outside and we did that. So I brought the Avro lemon soup and a small village Greek salad which consisted of cucumber, tomato, bell peppers, feta cheese and lettuce and that is possibly the best salad in the world. So this, I guess this um, uh, absorbs the following question that I wanted to ask, which is what is the last thing you've bought? But I suppose that was your, your takeaway item. Do you often have takeaway? I do. I'm, a, I'm fond of a couple of different restaurants here in LA. Uh, one is the Jelena restaurant. So when I get food to go, I, I go get their food. And Stephen makes the most incredible black and white pasta, which is made with black and white uh, garlic. And, oh. and it's slow 
cooked somehow and it's softened and incredible and sliced and it's throughout the very plain spaghetti. So it's a very plain spaghetti just with this black and white garlic and it's absolutely insane. And of course, olive oil and probably butter and it's it's super intense. It's also slightly spicy and it's incredible. So I take myself to Spartina. I mean, I definitely go there with friends, but I've also caught myself taking myself there alone to have a delicious meal to sort of congratulate myself after I've worked. See, I love that. I love that you take yourself on a date. I want to know more about that. What mood inspires you to take yourself on a date and book a table for one at your favorite restaurant? Okay, so literally last week I went and did a, I hadn't worked, obviously, really worked for like eight months because of COVID. Um, I'd finished shooting um, a series that I'm doing called Filthy Rich in New Orleans with Kim Cattrall. And I finished shooting that in January. So I really had not worked till now. And I was asked to come and record my voice for this Netflix animation film. So I literally, I came out of the studio and I felt so happy, so elated and so grateful for working. And I didn't have a plan for the evening. And I was in Hollywood where I'd recorded the voice. So I had to drive home along uh, Melrose Avenue through West Hollywood to get to where I live in Santa Monica. And I was driving along and I thought, oh, I'm going to drive right past Spartina. And then I thought, that's it. I'm taking myself to dinner. And I went and had the most incredible salad and the most incredible black and white pasta. Oh, so you had the black and white pasta. Yes, then. and of course, Stephen Colt, the chef, who's my dear friend of, you know, 26 years. He was at my wedding, you know, like we're old, old friends. He sat down, of course, with me and, you know, we... Uh, I love how sometimes a spontaneous date with yourself can turn into uh, a catch-up with some random friends or new people that you meet. I mean, I don't often take myself out on a date, although I, I wish I could. <laughs> I think my children are still a bit too young for me to be afforded that freedom. But sometimes that happens and I feel like a grown-up. It's amazing. I feel so accomplished and I don't have to look after anyone else but me. And I can either read a book or pretend to be really busy and be at my computer and no one is asking me what I'm doing. And what I love about it is the spontaneous nature of it. There's no planning. There's, and, you know, for people like you and I with, you know, with families and busy, you know, work lives and trying to sort of, you know, stay afloat of everything, um, nothing is ever quite spontaneous. And so sometimes these random moments can really fill your, fill your cup. Yep, yep. They're very beautiful spiritually. And, and yes, we're similar in lots of those ways, Sylvia, but your children are young and you have many more of them. Um, my my child is 17 and incredibly independent, so I have lots of time now that is without the mother-nurturing needs and it's really, really strange and sometimes feels really quite lonely. So giving yourself those spontaneous, beautiful moments can be extra, extra beautiful. I love what you've just said, especially um, your openness around the loneliness, which is, I think, a, a feeling that... A lot of people relate with and a lot of people relate with, especially at the moment. And I think I was actually thinking about it the other day where, you know, I'm I'm never alone, really, but sometimes I still feel lonely. And sometimes it's not a matter of how many people you have around. It's um, a matter of, well, are any of these people hearing me or here for me? And you just feel 
lonely. And I wanted to ask you, is there something that you crave in terms of food when you feel lonely? Well, like you, we live in a different country to the one we were raised in, you know, and we're having our families in that different country. And, you know, I came all the way over here originally to be with Anthony and had Bridget here. So when I'm sort of lonely for family, I do still really love to eat Greek food. It's really interesting. And when I go home to Australia, when I get with my original family, with my sisters and my mother, my father passed away, but of course, when he was around too, we would always go to Greek restaurants and we still do. Like if I fly into Australia just nine months ago when I was last there, one of the first things we do is we will all go to a Greek restaurant and really celebrate our Greek heritage and being together. And that food makes me feel very connected to family. And of course, it makes me feel very connected to my early childhood when we would go on the weekends to my Greek auntie's house way out in the western suburbs in Fairfield and Smithfield and out there. You know, so I really connect around that. So even now, as a divorced woman with an older teenage child, if I have an emotional go-to, it is Greek food. It really is. Um, I think a lot of people can relate with what you've just uh, you've just talked about. Is there a particular Greek food that reminds you of your beautiful dad? Uh, yeah, my dad was super simplistic and he really loved a very plain spaghetti. Like, and, and he was Greek, so he just he just didn't he didn't call it cacio e pepe or whatever the Italian version. And that's made very creamy with the pepper and the cheese, and it's so cleverly and incredibly scientifically created. And I have never made it, but I'm sort of too scared to get it wrong, and I make my own little weird homemade versions of it. And there's a restaurant in town called John and Vinny's that I love here that does it really well. And also Stephen at Spartina does that really well. But my father, Chris Carides, would sit in Australia because he was raised in Australia from eight years old. He came from the Greek village to Sydney when he was eight. But he would literally just eat his plain spaghetti covered in cheese, parmesan, and covered in salt and pepper, like hardcore tons of pepper. He didn't even know he was being super trendy because cacio pepe now it's like such a status dish. That's right. And he didn't have any clue that it was trendy and he would have hated it when it got trendy because he was really anti-trendy. Oh, I, I, I share that sentiment. I'm a bit annoyed about <laughs> what's happening to the humble cacio pepe and the fact that now it costs $35 in a fancy restaurant. Yeah. It's like, are you kidding me? Well, so we've talked about the food that you eat with your family, the food that you eat when you um, or that you miss um, when you're feeling homesick. What food do you like to eat or cook? When you're on holiday? When I'm on holiday, I really love to eat, you know, anything and everything. Like there'll be no limits, no restrictions, and it will be totally, I'm in this country and what have they got going and let's try everything and what are they famous for and I must try everything. So, so yeah, you know, you're jumping into, you know, anything of the area or even travelling like recently when I was in the south in New Orleans, you know, I had to have the beignets and I had to eat all the, the po'boy sandwiches and all that stuff. And whether or not, you know, I ultimately found them particularly interesting or good. It's more like a cultural experience where you have to taste the, f the local food to appreciate 
Got to try the local food. Is there anything you've tried in your travels that you thought, oh, well, that was a first and a last? Well, you know, I feel regretful because we were in Italy back in 2012 when I was actually still married and Anthony and Bridget and I were at the Tonaro, the tuna farming place in the south of Italy, and the locals were eating sea urchins. But I I regret not trying it because it was extremely unusual. It is extremely unusual and it comes completely unadorned. They just literally cut the top and squeeze some lemon and you eat it straight from the shell. Yeah, they yeah, and they were pulling them out of the water there and then and yes. getting right into it. And I wasn't game enough and I really regret being a little coward and not jumping in to that moment. Now, we have talked about this incredible egg and lemon soup that you love and that you return to every time you need soothing effects of comfort food. Is there a recipe you can share with us or even like a method or a memory that's associated with your mum making it? Yes, there is actually. It's a very, very unusual and strange thing. But when you're cooking the egg and lemon soup, there is a little trick that's superstitious that you're supposed to do. And if you don't do it, the eggs are going to curdle. So basically, if you're making it properly and well, obviously, and you're making it with fresh, beautiful chicken stock, so you've boiled your chicken, you've made your stock, you take a little of the stock out and you put it aside. You have your lemons squeezed, and it's a number of lemons, three, four lemons, so you have the juice of those. You mix that with the hot chicken stock that you've put aside, and it's only a couple of cups of that chicken stock. So you've still got your large pot of the original chicken stock. So the lemon and the chicken stock are joined. In a different bowl, you have beaten some eggs. Now you need to add the eggs to the lemon and chicken stock, which has cooled down a little now because it's been taken from the large pot of stock and the lemon has been added, which was room temperature. Now you're adding the eggs and you have to make this sound with your mouth. You have to go like this as you beat and pour slowly. So you're pouring the eggs slowly, you're beating with a fork or a whisk and you're making this noise. What happens if you don't make that noise? If you don't make the noise, they believe that it will curdle. My British mother believed that strongly and would never dare to add those eggs without making that noise, and nor have I. You know what? I'm going to practice this trick because there's there's an Italian soup that I struggle with. It's called zuppa pavese, and it's basically a very similar recipe. It's a chicken stock, and then there's some bread that you put in a bowl, and then you put the chicken stock... And then you drop in the beaten egg and you have to whisk it really quickly. Otherwise, it curdles. And whenever I've tried it, it's always curdled. So now I'm going to try and go like. Yeah, make that noise and see if it doesn't curdle. I'll report back. So Gia, once the, uh, the beaten egg is poured in, you've made the sound. And then what does the soup look like? Does it get cloudy? It gets a beautiful, cloudy, pale, pale yellow color. So so then you add that. Once you've connected those two and they've not curdled, you then add that batch back into the large batch of chicken stock. And very separately, very separately, you will make rice because this soup eventually is served with some rice and salt okay. and pepper. And 
there's actually one more herb that sometimes goes in and I think it's dill, but I never use it. Can you say the name of this soup in Greek again because it sounds really beautiful when you say it? In English it's chicken, egg and lemon soup and in Greek it is avro lemon soupa. Oh, that sounds so good, I have to say. Um, Gia, it was so nice to talk to you. It was so nice to hear about this recipe, but more importantly for you to share with us a lot of personal memories and what food creates in terms of connections and special moments and uh, I'm I'm really happy we could have you on what I eat when <laughs> thank you it's absolutely beautiful to be here with you if you make this soup please send us an email to podcast@mamamia.com.au and also send us photos if you post them on Instagram please tag us we really want to see what your creations are like and if any of you want to share their family recipes please do so This is Sylvia Kolaka on What I Eat When. Subscribe, share and enjoy.